I'm Brian Anderson, Principal at Anderson Porter Design. Welcome. This is our third podcast series, Cannabis is a Good Neighbor. Um, super psyched to be back uh, with Eric Gath, uh, engineer at BLW Engineers in Littleton, Mass. Um, Eric, thanks for joining. This is um, Cannabis is a Good thanks Neighbor. <clears throat> I think it's just come up as a theme in our work in cannabis over the past seven years that everything we do has to go through towns, has to get, you know, has to get accepted by municipalities and um, just looking around and seeing the impact this has on the industry <clears throat> is where that theme came from is cannabis is a good neighbor. So we work together. We do a lot of work with BLW. Uh, we have you as engineers uh, on, on, on a lot of projects. And so we've got some experience, some shared experiences around odor and odor control, which is our topic here today. So, um, tell us about yourself. Tell us where you, you know, where your background is, how you guys got involved in cannabis, and then we can dive into some stinky subjects. Sounds, sounds good. Uh, so I started, I started with BLW straight out of college in 2004. Uh, a little background on BLW. BLW was founded in uh, 1999. We're a full-service MEPFP uh, consulting firm, which is mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire protection. Uh, we design building systems for all types of commercial buildings, whether it's um, you know large-scale multifamily buildings, office buildings, uh, restaurants, all the way to clean rooms and labs. You okay? You good? All right. Uh, so prior to getting involved in the cannabis industry, I personally was heavily involved in restaurants and a lot of um, large-scale multifamily buildings, uh, and then some lab work mixed in here and there. Yeah, so that's that's a little background. Um, awesome. <clears throat> I just lost my voice. I drank some water the wrong way. Um, no worries. I can tell you a little about yeah. how we got involved into cannabis. All right. Uh, it's it's kind of a funny story, mate. Uh, my daughter was born born in, in 2014, and uh, we sent her to daycare in 2015. And that's right around the time where the marijuana, the medical marijuana industry was ramping up in Massachusetts. Um, after being there for a year uh, in passing, I would talk to the owner of the daycare's husband here and there, and he, he would start asking me questions about, about mechanical HVAC systems. Uh, and that's how I, I found out he was a facility manager at a cultivation facility um, in Massachusetts. That's fantastic. Um, long story short, he, he brought me in to, to tour the facility. Um, I met with ownership. They had a bunch of questions. And uh, they ended up hiring us to do um, phase two of their facility. Um, and I would have to say that, that that's kind of a turning point in, in my career where uh, – we, I learned so much on that project, designing the systems for that facility, um, sitting in weekly meetings. Uh, I just learned so much about the industry. Uh, there's so many intelligent people, innovative ideas. Um, I just kind of I developed a passion for the industry. Working That's that awesome. <clears throat> so, yeah, so we're in Massachusetts, right? So <clears throat> I'm not sure where all of our listeners are, but... A lot of those industries that started here, legalization, as you said, passed in 2012 for uh, for for medical. <clears throat> and what was it that got a lot of those facilities into trouble? 
I mean, I'm thinking about <clears throat> one facility located on a beltway on four, the 495 beltway next to a uh, commuter rail station, and they would dump their air out as a way of uh, getting rid of humidity, <clears throat> right? And it created an enormous backlash in the industry around odor because, you know, greenhouse growers, that's what you do with humid air is you dump it out and pull in new fresh air. Um, but from an odor control perspective, that was a, that was a huge, that was a huge issue, right? Because of, uh, neighborhoods <clears throat> that these go into, it has an enormous negative impact. So I know we're working on some projects now together where, you know, the planning board is involved, right? The deeply involved in asking questions about how, you know, what is our, what is your plan to mitigate odor? Um, what are some of those lessons? What are some of those lessons that you learned early on <clears throat> in in how to do that? Oh, uh, so so early on, yeah, like you you hit the nail on the head. Um, building pressure is is kind of a starting point for me as far as trying to control odors. If you if you're not controlling the the air that's you know leaving the facility and and you just have you know a positive pressure in the building and air is constantly escaping. There's just no way to control the odors. So, um, in in those early the earlier facilities that that were medical, they're all in industrial areas. You you don't have as much of a concern in these industrial areas. Uh, nobody really knew that that odors were going to have such an effect. Um, so so yeah, it, it got kind of raised some concerns and, and it and it kind of stuck in the industry because, you know, the, the earlier facilities that were open, there, there were a bunch of them. And then for a while, there were no others. So the only ones that, that uh, you know, you can actually point someone to are probably having those issues. And um, I, I did know a lot of the early ones might have provided some type of filtration um, some type of low-level carbon filtration, um, but but something that's not um, you know properly designed to control the odors. So you you could stick a pleated carbon filter in in the building, but if you're not controlling the air that's escaping from the building, it's it's going to be ineffective. You know that's an interesting idea that the building is pressurized inside and that air is going to leak out. <clears throat> you know does the um... So how do you control that from a, you know, from an engineering perspective, what are, you know, what is a, you know, are there differences between, let's say, you know, renovating old buildings where you can control those leaks or uh, versus a new building? Like give us a sense of how you control pressure as an engineer and how that relates to odor. Uh, it varies from project to project, like you said, uh, you know, ideally, you have a brand new building that you can you can properly seal uh, every room and and do lower door tests and and you know uh, that that's kind of that's the ideal situation and we try to do that even on existing buildings. Um, but what we do is is try to figure out a, a path for that air to go. So whether it's outside in or inside out, um, you try to pressurize certain rooms and have it cascade into corridors, into negative air spaces, um, and, and try to have a single point of exhaust so that you can actually treat that exhaust. Um, you know, if you have 
if you have doors opening and you have a positive pressure and air is escaping out the door, you're not treating it. Um, so we like to make sure that we have control out of, uh, of that exhaust and, and you have the ability to use one of these technologies. There's a ton of different technologies that are available on the market. Um, but if you can't control the air, there's no way to use the technology. So you mentioned um, cascading air effects. That you know, that's a term of art that comes from FDA certification. So drug manufacturing plants and clean rooms, right? Things that have ISO certification use cascading air effects. Does that mean that cannabis facilities, you know, FDA certifiable? Are they, you know, is cascading air effect? Do you pull that from having worked in, in, in pharma, or is that a something that is achievable by many different facilities? In other words, sometimes it sounds scary to talk about pharma and manufacturing standards from which GMP comes from, good manufacturing practices. But I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to get at is cascading air effects, which you mentioned as a method for controlling pressures and, ver- and moving air through a facility. <clears throat> Can that be done without the building being fully GMP certified, or is that part of being GMP certified? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's idea. That's the the direction we like to push our projects. Um, you know, some clients uh, aren't looking for that level of of clean room or ISO eight standards. Um, you know, they they just kind of want to get down and dirty, but uh, we try to push them away from that. And, you know, at, at a minimum, we're, we're going to provide some type of building pressurization that's going to, you know, mitigate or, or reduce the, the odor, the right. odor effects on the, on the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, so what's worse for odor is, 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 a, is a grow room more impactful on odor, odor or is a manufacturing, you know, a MIP kitchen that's decarboxylating, you know, uh, cannabis more impactful on odor so that's it's that's that's a funny question um it's totally subjective but my my opinion and what i've gotten the most most feedback on is extraction facilities provide the worst odor um when when some of my clients are doing extraction they've gotten more complaints than uh you know a typical flower uh, flower rooms, actually, a lot of people find the odors pleasant, myself being one of them. I actually like the smell of it. Um, but when you're doing, you know, ethanol extraction, typically that can, it can put off a pretty pungent odor. But yeah, the, the flower rooms, yeah, typically the different terpenes that are given off uh, can be, you know, it's subjective, but a lot of people actually So like, are there any, so are there different... So manufacturing and and extraction is produces maybe more odors or a different type of odor than, than cultivation. Um, And how about retail? So the other aspect of, you know, of cannabis facilities is retail and um, we do a lot of retail projects together. So let's talk about retail for a second. What are the, uh, what are the impacts that you see in a, in a retail odor control? You know, it's funny. Retail, Retail facility will try to go in for a special permit and people are concerned about odors and people are concerned about people, you know, smoking marijuana outside of the facility and all of these different effects. Um, I, I don't, 
it's not a top concern of mine. We kind of go above and beyond, even by just providing that building pressure that I, I spoke about. And we just put some exhaust typically in the vault and then treat that exhaust right. with, with carbon filtration. Um, most, most dispensaries and adult use marijuana retail facilities um, in Massachusetts right. are all packaged. Um, these, these things are child, it's childproof packaging that's fully sealed and it shouldn't be producing much odor except for what might be on the packaging because it's been handled. Um, so it, it should be minimal odors unless, you know, maybe there's a return or something. Um, so any concerns over retail stores, um, you know, stinking up the neighborhood, um, yeah. I think should be minimal. And anything that we do for odor mitigation is so is you know the, the CCC down. regulates the the entire industry and they regulate the retail industry very heavily. And one thing that you know many people aren't maybe aware of is that the sales floor has no live product on it. In other words, everything in a display case on a sales floor is a prop. It's like a theater set. You can see the boxes. But there's no actual product in it, so there's nothing. There's no odor. There's no aroma producing product on the sales floor. So those doors can open and close freely. And the only thing we're really worried about is, you know, humidity control and temperature control in the winter time, right? The all of the product that you purchase from a retail store is located in the vault, and then, as you said, it all comes to the vault prepackaged. Right, transportation laws are very strict, and labor laws are very strict. So all the product is coming in is packaged. It goes directly to a vault, and then it gets dispensed as a you know dispensary. It gets packaged into your order. It's plugged in. A ticket reads back in the vault. They fill your order, and and away you go. So it is yeah. It's it's a very low low impact retail is a very low impact thing. But I just thought we should talk about it because there's you know many people might have concerns or mis misinformation or misconceptions of, of what retail does. So yeah, it's really, the, it's the manufacturing where, where the, where, you know, where odors are, are generated. Um, and so you manage them through pressure, you manage them through carbon filtration. What are the other, uh, I know you've got this sort of, you know, three part system that you've talked about, you know, to, to, to planning boards. Um, tell us about your 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 three step process or your or your triple belt and suspenders method for uh, for controlling odors. Uh, yeah, sure. So so everything like I said before, uh, I'm going to reiterate. It's you got to control the building pressure. You have to control where where you're exhausting. You, you got to be able to know where the odors are going in order to treat them. So you start there, and then. Um, and then carbon filtration is the most common. It's the it's been used for many years in many different industries, not just cannabis. And it's a proven technology. It works as long as you use the right filters. You don't you can't just buy off the shelf pleated filters that have been spray painted with carbon spray paint. Um, <laughs> you know you, you need to buy the you need to properly size them at the right airflow rates. Um, and that's, that's a pretty effective technology. Um, but the municipalities, um, take that and say, okay, great. You're going to filter it with carbon and we're going to give you your special permit. Um, typically, no, they want, they want to go above and beyond. So, so we'll, we'll incorporate a couple of different technologies. Um, one of them being like a, a fogging type system 
um, that uses essential oils. So after it goes through the carbon filters, before it exits the building, this fogging pipe system is injected into the airstream um, and helps reduce the odors. Um, there are others, um, perfumes, yep. ozone, um, all different types of technologies, but we've found that these these are pretty... Yeah, the fogging piece high. is huge in California. We're uh, Central Coast California from Santa Barbara North there's just massive, massive greenhouses that have been taken over from the cut flower industry and converted to cannabis grows. And they've got, you know, they've got flaps up at the ridgeline where they just dump and exhaust air. And so the impact from those on odor um, is massive. And what I've seen them do is use um, literally perfumes and, uh, and fogging systems that attack, uh, that attack the terpenes. Um, yeah. The, those fogging systems, have been used effectively. There, there are actually studies um, on them that they were getting complaints from the neighbors and they incorporated this type of system and it essentially eliminated all the complaints. And this is for an outdoor grow. You're talking a farm of, of marijuana and after incorporating this spray fogging type system, uh, yep. They had no issue. I don't know if that's too 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 geeky or too technical here on this podcast to talk about VOCs, but you know, I, I guess it's it's worth it because you know we're, we're in the construction industry, and and for you know in my career prior to coming to cannabis, um, we did a lot of work uh, where uh, with um, and lead lead for homes. People understand lead certifications for buildings, and there's a huge focus on VOCs, volatile volatile organic compounds, and you know, the general public starts to understand that VOCs are present in certain types of paint. So you'll see in a spec sometimes for a home, you know, low VOC or no VOC paint. VOCs come in carpets. If, you know, if, if proper carpets aren't specified, the whole room can smell for weeks after you install a new carpet. That's because of VOCs, volatile organic compounds. The terpenes from cannabis are, are in fact, VOCs. That's what, and the terpenes in basil, right? Is what gives basil the smell. You pick up a clump of basil in the grocery store and decide whether to buy it. You do that based on the VOCs, based on the terpenes of that plant that it gives off. So cannabis gives off volatile organic compounds. And so is that what the, as I understand it, that's what the carbon filtration and that's what the fogging uh, have the ability to, what do they glom onto those VOCs and they pull them out of the, uh, pull them out of the airstream? Uh, exactly. Without getting into the chemistry of it, because I'm a mechanical engineer, not a chemist. Um, that exactly. So with carbon filtration, I think they call it chemical adsorption. So the the uh, carbon is able to absorb the the VOCs, um, and then the and then the same thing with with the fogging systems that actually um, essential oils that can counteract that VOC in rendering right. it odorless basically so um and i actually i hate saying vocs because the v in voc is volatile so everybody gets nervous that that they're going to breathe the smell of, of marijuana and then somehow you know get a contact high or get a headache or or somehow be like their health is affected by this voc um which uh, you know that's 
That, that it does, right? If you don't understand what, what volatile means in this case, and in, in, in fact, volatile is not volatile to the person who perceives them, but volatile to the plant and to the life cycle of that compound, right? So we talk about shelf life. Uh, and, and it's really important in cannabis. The, 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 these terpenes are what give flavor and what give potency and uh, various profiles to the, to the, um, to the product that, that, that our customers manufacture. And the volatility we're talking about here is their, their, the ability for them to break down or the speed at which they break down and dissolve. And that's the piece that's volatile. It's not uh, hazardous organic compounds, right? They're not, they're not HCAs, they're, they're right. HACs, they're VACs, volatile organic or VOCs, right? So it's not, vol the volatility is there, it has more to do with their shelf life than to the, the effect of somebody who, who breathes them in. And that's interesting, right? So that these facilities have um, both mechanical, well, first and foremost, they have mechanical systems that monitor the flow of air, right? Very finely tuned mechanical systems that, that control the flow of air uh, or the escape of air, as it were, right? These are not, most of the facilities that we designed together are not greenhouses, right? They're not they're not greenhouses with the big flaps on the top that just open up and dump air out into the atmosphere at night, uh, but rather they are controlled environment horticulture where every uh, cycle of air is is monitored, is controlled, and is and is tempered. Um, yeah, so that's I think that's you know one of the major points that I think I know that planning boards ask all the time. So it was one of the things I wanted to cover on this on this episode with you because you know. We can, I can design a very, very tight envelope, but I need, you know, I need assistance to make sure that the right cubic feet for, per minute and the right filter size and the right, you know, penetration size and the op you know, openings are, are all sized and, and, and specified properly. All right. And I, and I think it's important to be said too, that, you know, you know, you and I have had to go to these special permit hearings where, they, they basically, they want you to quantify how you're going to limit these odors or eliminate these odors. And there's really no, I mean, there's ways of testing um, right. these VOCs and, and monitoring it, but I don't see it being employed. Uh, they, they, they basically want, want you to say that it will be undetectable at the property line, which, which is, I mean, that's, that's, you're looking for you're looking to fail there because at some point you might detect an odor. So I think that you know in the future, once once more of these facilities are developed and we establish a, a precedent where where we're incorporating all of these technologies, um, we can start to get municipalities that will actually do some type of testing similar to acoustic engineers. They take a baseline level of, of noise um, and then and then they say okay after you open your facility we're going to allow you to be 10 decibels higher or so there, there'll be some type of guideline in the future hopefully in the near future so that we can quantify this um, rather than just having it be subjective and having having a neighbor say I can smell a skunk and then having it having right. the client be liable so I mean, this is a sort of a truism in any industry, right? Good, good regulations make business easier, right? 
solid regulations that can be read and interpreted are what allow industry to operate, right? It's the lack of regulations that makes it confusing and difficult to operate. So, you know, uh, my question, I guess, is what would you advise? How would you advise an entity uh, to choose a location, right? I mean, would I'm kind of trying to lead the question here, right? Would you advise them to read the planning board by bylaws by, uh, by, by <laughs> before choosing a town in which to operate, or you know, would you advise a town to revise their bylaws to anticipate how they want to regulate the industry? Uh, I would say just call me and I'll take care. <laughs> no, honestly, that's it's a great question because um, it's the end of prohibition. These these cultivation facilities and retail stores are starting to pop up everywhere, and municipalities are just just trying to figure it out. They try to talk to other municipalities, um, and then they they're constantly evolving with their with their regulations and. And some some facilities are already in operation, and they're changing the rules. So, um, so it's 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 difficult. So, um, the idea would be just design it the best way possible, and and assume that the regulations are going to get more strict, um, and and be set a precedent for the rest of the cultivation facilities and retail facilities in Massachusetts and yeah. right, right from the get go rather than, you know, right. adapting. Good advice. Yes. Adopt the highest level of standards and regardless of what the town um, in, imposes, because yeah, best practices are being set. There's good things you can do. Um, yeah. That's good advice. Before we wrap up, um, you know, any, any last, uh, any last thoughts? Um, this has been a great, you know, piece because odor is such a major part of facility design, uh, when it comes to both having entities, cannabis entities understand what their responsibilities are and having planning boards understand what their options are. Any last, uh, any last thoughts? Not really. I, I guess, I guess just kind of reiterate the fact that, that in order to, to be a good neighbor, we need to, um, you know, get ahead of the curve and and implement these these practices that we're we're kind of that are kind of new and and just make sure that um, you, you know they're implemented ahead of time instead of right waiting for a complaint. Uh, yeah, that's good to, to fix it. Right, because we all you know every every time we move move that bar higher and establish a better practice. Uh, it takes the stigma. It, it it really helps take the stigma away from the entire industry. That um, shows, yeah, that allows this entire industry to grow and benefit everybody. Agreed. I, I mean, there's so many health benefits to people, and but right. there is still that stigma. And and having a facility that produces this marijuana odor that some people don't like, it, it's not helping us. Right. Uh, reduce that stigma. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, Eric, thank you. Um, BLW Engineers, Littleton, Mass. We uh, love your work. You do great, great support and good engineering um, as a company. So, thanks for your uh, thanks for your help. Thanks for joining us in uh, 
episode three here on, on, on odor control for cannabis is a good neighbor. Um, take care. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.